Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is the Roy Green Show. Once we go back to the legislature, we'll create legislation that will get rid of it. And uh, again, there's there's programs that are offsetting that money. Uh, we have uh, our own fund of over half a million, uh, half a billion dollars uh, to support the environment. The voice of the Premier-elect of Ontario, Doug Ford, on uh, the province's decision to drop out of the cap-and-trade program that Kathleen Wynne's Liberals signed Ontario onto with uh, California and Quebec. Of course, immediately, the federal government and the federal environment minister, Catherine McKenna, suggested that they'll jump in and they will, in fact, make up for any reduction in price of gasoline at the pump created by uh, dropping the carbon tax and getting out of cap-and-trade. The two will be related, so no great surprise. It's not going to be a particularly popular move by the federal government to reach into the pockets of drivers and take whatever couple of cents we're able to save back out. But the important factor here is I think that the uh, carbon national carbon tax plan of Mr. Trudeau is in severe trouble. Saskatchewan already taking them to court. Ontario will now follow suit. And if Jason Kenney wins in Alberta early next year, then it's going to be three provinces opposing the uh, national carbon tax and three provinces going to court. And that's going to be an awfully tough hurdle for Mr. Trudeau and Ms. McKenna to overcome, no matter what they may think or say. Australia in 2014 dumped its carbon tax because it was harming the economy and harming families. They were very blunt about it. They'd had the carbon tax for two years. And part of the Australian um, news release on why they were dropping the carbon tax, they were repealing the carbon tax and the clean energy package to reduce the cost of living. Uh, modeling by the Australian Treasury suggests the removing of the carbon tax will leave average costs of living across all households about $550 lower than they would otherwise be. That was 2014, 2015. It would also lower electricity by around 9% and retail gas prices about 7%. So the Australians tried it for two years. 
It proved to be, in the government's view, damaging to the economy, and they dropped it. Of course, the usual suspects were in outrage that any government could drop a carbon tax. Looks like Australia has survived. Later on on the show, I'll be playing back for you about a minute and a half of a conversation we had last year with an Australian member of parliament who shared his views on the Australian carbon tax and why it was a disaster and why they had to change it or drop it. Um, so, Mr. Ford, and this we're going to take this beyond Ontario's borders and right across Canada, but we'll start with the fact that Doug Ford has said he will drop gas prices by 10 cents a liter immediately in Ontario, and that will include the carbon tax. Dan McTague joins me, long-term Liberal Member of Parliament and Senior Petroleum Analyst for GasBuddy.com. It's getting so bad I can't even say Liberal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, maybe uh, less and less part of our vernacular these days. How are you? I'm fine, Roy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to have you with us. Uh, what's the impact on Ontario's economy as far as cheaper gasoline is concerned? If Ontario drivers, and then we can expand this across the country, if people have a little, pay a little less for gasoline, that's going to help the rest of the economy, isn't it? Well, gasoline, diesel, uh, home heating, uh, things like uh, natural gas, all of those things, if we remove the carbon tax, would certainly uh, have a stimulative effect. Um, if I'm looking at diesel, for instance, uh, in Ontario, that would be a decrease of some 6.6 .6 cents a litre if they were to remove it in British Columbia, highly unlikely, by the way. Uh, you're looking closer to 9 cents a litre. Uh, in Alberta, of course, uh, a little closer to eight on the diesel side, seven on the uh, on the gasoline side. Um, if you're looking at Winnipeg, which hasn't, uh, and Manitoba, we haven't really, uh, we don't have a carbon tax yet. We will uh, on September the 1st. So uh, as uh, people get ready for the new year, uh, for kids getting back to school, carbon taxes there will rise about six cents a litre, a little less for gasoline, a lot more for diesel. So where does this, I mean, the direct costs, uh, will be clear, uh, perhaps as much as four or five, six hundred bucks average family using X amount of gasoline, but the indirect costs will also be noticeable in terms of transportation, delivery of goods, everything that moves by train, plane, or automobile, or truck will uh, will see decreases, which will be reflected at places like the grocery checkout. So this is going to, uh, it's going to definitely affect the, the national economy, and it will affect the individual economies of uh, Canadian families. Well, I think it will certainly be more stimulative and allow people to have a little bit more uh, money in their pockets uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to uh, appropriate that money uh, to more uh, purposeful uses that they need. Things like, uh, I don't know, paying for their groceries, uh, buying uh, the things that they need uh, to, to make ends meet. Uh, you know, these are all wonderful, great concepts, but at the end of the day, we know that they're not, as in British Columbia, but they're mm -hmm. not revenue neutral. They're used for other uh, programs and purposes. Um, you know, the sense is that, uh, you know, we want to tax those who are emitting carbon. And of course, that means, uh, I, I, I do, by the way, have trouble with the word carbon and pollution, the same word, because I tend to see uh, from my days in grade school is uh, carbon is the giver of life, part of photosynthesis. But that aside, the reality here is that uh, there is uh, no doubt a need to look at environmental outcomes, but also 
to separate those, as it were, from those who uh, who believe that uh, taxes should only apply and uh, to consumers when it comes to uh, issues uh, in and around the issue of climate change. You spent a lot of years in Canada's Parliament, and you were a senior member of Parliament uh, in the Liberal government of Jean Chrétien and then Paul Martin. When uh, when you hear that the government of Jean, of, uh, of uh, Pierre Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, geez, I, yeah. <laughs> I've got them all mixed up. Justin Trudeau, when you hear the government of Justin Trudeau is going to jump in and fill the hole that they will presume exists, as far as the carbon tax is concerned, if Doug Ford does away with the tax on gasoline, the carbon tax on gasoline, um, is, that a, is that a wise strategic move, or are they, are they just so enamored with the idea of a carbon tax they can't see that they're shooting themselves in the... Uh, yeah. In, in in the foot, you know, these sort of self-inflicted gumshot wounds. Well, I think part of what's happened this week um, isn't just, you know, what happened here in Ontario with the defeat of the Liberal government, which had uh, uh, promulgated and pushed the issue uh, to the point where consumers started to have to pay. I think we all talk about, you know, how wonderful these programs and plans are. But when, uh, you know, it comes down to actually paying for them, I think then people have a sort of a, a pushback and say, well, maybe... We don't need to make these expenditures, and are they in fact going to lead to lower emissions in Canada, uh, or are we doing something to be, you know, to be uh, on on par with other people around the world who are not necessarily, uh, you know, following our so-called leadership? I think the cost is very prohibitive. I think a government that walks away from pocketbook issues like the price of energy, like the price of gasoline, like the price of hydro, uh, you know, if we want to pursue this brave new world, I think we have to do it. Uh, more cautiously, yeah. mm-hmm. not one where we would see an increase of, say, 13, 14 cents a liter. If the by 2022, on January 1st, if I'm still around, uh, you're going to see an increase of about 14 cents, 13 cents a liter for gasoline and about 16, 15 cents for diesel with the federal government uh, backstop. So where the provinces are prepared to go, unless there's a Supreme Court challenge that is successful, get ready to spend a lot more, perhaps in the thousands of dollars per family, by uh, uh, you know, three and a half short years away. And we just found out, did we not, uh, earlier in the week, that the federal government really doesn't know what the cost will be to Canadian families once their carbon tax goes to $50 per ton. Well, yeah, I mean, there are a number of analyses out there. I see Laurie Goldstein of of uh, Sun News has put out something this morning from uh, uh, a professor who appeared before the Senate committee and uh, broke it down uh, in 2017. Now, Ontario would be seeing average increases of about $900 in direct costs. Uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, more towards $1,100. Uh, British Columbia, it already currently has, so an additional, I think, $600 from the, uh, the diagram that I see here and the data that was provided. Those are just direct costs. Again, we don't have really a firm estimation, but I think the federal government does, and it had that documentation uh, made available. Uh, but when it was sent to uh, the opposition who had re- asked for it, regardless of the political games that were played, the reality is that much of the information was redacted. Uh, you kind well, of, you know, of it was. reminds me of old Yogi Berra. If you don't know where you're going, chances are you're going to wind up somewhere else. And if you don't have that data and information made available to the public, uh, expect it in 2019 you're going to see a bit of a shock at the polls. Well, I have a feeling that the Liberal caucus uh, federally may be smaller than the one in Ontario by the end of October of next year. Hard to say, but I think if they don't take heed and pay attention to the lessons learned from uh, from last week uh, in Ontario, uh, their base, then I think uh, there's a good likelihood that we'll wind up uh, very much as we were in 2011 when we pursued policies 
that uh, uh, certainly weren't uh, something that Canadians agreed with. Yes, there is a constituency out there that does support this, but they're divided among Green, NDP, and Liberals. So you better sort of try to find pocketbook issues and get back to uh, standing up for consumers and ensuring that you have your facts correct and that they are, in fact, open and transparent. Otherwise, you will lose the election. Yeah, well, you know, cost of living impacts any philosophical uh, persuasion that people may have as far as uh, government is concerned or the type of government they want. Cost of living is bottom line. And I remember speaking with Brad Wall when he was still the premier of Saskatchewan. And he told me on the program that the day after the announcement was made about a, um, the, uh, the carbon tax, pan-Canadian carbon tax by Justin Trudeau, he called the prime minister and he asked him if the federal government had done um, an economic Im- impact study. Yeah. And they hadn't. So it was just, you know, was, we want it and, and we're going to have it. Dan, hold on. I want to come back to you because I want to ask you some more questions. Dan McTague from GasBuddy.com is my guest. The, 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 what I want to get at here as well is the amount of money that we pay in taxes for our fuel. Because it's fundamentally important in this country to be able to drive and be able to drive without having to empty your wallet every time you fill up your vehicle you have to have a bit of a margin to allow you to get where you want to go. It's a big country, and we travel great distances. And they, they just the, the crying that I hear about, well, if the uh, cost of gasoline comes down because taxes are lower at the pump, then government will get less money to administer programs. My God, do some thinking, please. Governments that do what? Uh, for example, in Ontario's case, amass more than $300 billion in debt? It's... Uh, it's serious business. And why do the Americans, who have the number one economy in the world, how is it they can charge up to a dollar less per gallon, U.S. gallon, in gasoline than we pay in this country? More from Dan McTague when we come back. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show. You can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show on Twitter, I invited both by my tweets. I invited both Andrew Shear and Maxime Bernier to join me on the show tomorrow, because we're going to challenge what Mr. Shear did, and that is dispatch Maxime Bernier to the Gulag. Very unwise decision, in my view, and in the view of many conservatives, not members of the Conservative Party. We're just philosophically conservative. So I haven't heard a word from Mr. Shear, but I did receive this uh, direct message from Maxime Bernier just a little while ago. Hi, Roy. Thanks a lot for the offer, but I prefer not to give any interviews for now, Max. Fair enough. I understand that, and I appreciate you getting back, Mr. Bernier. Not a word from Mr. Shear, unfortunately. Back to Dan McTague, senior at analyst with GasBuddy.com. Dan... Canadians are paying, in comparison to our American neighbors, exorbitant gasoline taxes. If Canadians insisted our gasoline taxes should be no higher than those of American drivers, we'd be hearing all manner of wailing that the world would end and Canada would collapse. Would it? And why are we paying a dollar more per U.S. gallon in, in taxes? What are we getting for that money? Yeah. Well, it does go to general revenue. So uh, I guess the question is follow the 
uh, follow the money. Um, the U.S. numbers are much closer to 20 cents a liter. Uh, our numbers uh, are tracking much closer to 40-plus cents a liter on taxes, all included with uh, communities like Montreal at 54 cents, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver at 52 cents. Uh, here uh, where I live in Ontario, uh, you're looking at about 43, 44 cents a liter. Of course, that's going to change. I mean, there's probably uh, a number of reasons why prices have increased uh, market-wise, but there's no doubt that adding, as we do in many eastern Canadian provinces, a harmonized tax of 13, 14.975, and 15% aggravates the uh, the cost. It also means, uh, as you and I spoke a few weeks ago, there's a significant, substantial windfall for governments as prices go up. They make more money. They don't necessarily have to disclose that. I estimate today that at a dollar average price of about dollar thirty-two a liter compared to this time last year, that's about twenty-four cents higher. Uh, federal, provincial governments, all told, are picking up an extra two million dollars a day uh, just in the higher revenue uh, as a result of those uh, harmonized taxes, especially in eastern Canadian provinces. So we don't know where the money's going. It's uh, it's in general revenue. Wasn't the fundamental agreement between the uh, the consumer of gasoline and and uh, transportation fuel, that the taxes would look after the road infrastructure repairs. Wasn't that the basic agreement that was in place? Well, At least morally in place? Yeah, I mean, in, in many provinces, uh, Ontario being an example, they actually have a 14.7 cent road tax. Whether it's spent on roads remains to be seen because we've obviously seen more taxes applied uh, with the HST, with the provincial government in 2010, increasing from 7% to 6 and 7% at the time, the GST, in which only the federal government was involved, increasing it by 8%. The effect, of course, is pretty substantial. Uh, at a dollar, you know, thirty-five a liter, you're looking at an additional near $0.02 cents a liter. Um, so it, there are taxes on taxes. Uh, that alone amounts to, you know, $1.5 to $2 billion a year in additional windfall revenue for governments across the country especially in Eastern Canada. Yeah, Dan, it's always good talking to you. Thanks for the sobering information and advice, always. Thank you, Roy. Dan McTay, GasBuddy.com. My number is 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. So now you have Saskatchewan challenging the federal government in court over the carbon tax issue. Alberta says, or at least Jason Kenney says, if he wins in Alberta, then Alberta will follow suit and challenge the carbon tax in court, federal government. And Doug Ford, the premier-elect in Ontario, has said he will instruct his attorney general to do similarly before the end of this month. 1-800-263-2428. So with Ontario set to join Saskatchewan and Alberta joining if Kenney wins... Are you hoping that the provinces actually prevail in court and defeat the federal government on their notion of a, or their demand for a national carbon tax? Are you hoping the provinces win in court against the federal government on a national carbon tax? 800-263-2428, or do you support a national carbon tax? Give me a call. He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show.
Once we go back to the legislature, we'll create legislation that will get rid of it. And uh, again, there's, there's programs that are offsetting that money. Uh, we have uh, our own fund of over half a million, uh, half a billion dollars uh, to support the environment. There's Doug Ford kicking a little mud in the eye of the Prime Minister of Canada by saying cap and trade is going to be history as soon as he's sworn in. At least he's going to start the uh, the ball a-rolling in that direction. I know that some uh, companies, the industry has already bought something in the neighborhood of 2 to $3 billion worth of credits for the cap-and-trade system. So some industries are not going to be happy that uh, cap-and-trade will disappear if Ford has his way. In Ontario and elsewhere across Canada, if some other politicians have their way, because the companies have bought all these credits. The way it works is if you overproduce as far as carbon pollution is concerned, then you have to buy credits. Actually, you pay for it or you buy credits from other companies that underproduced carbon pollution through a carbon market, as it were. The whole thing becomes so troubling because it's just too convenient for some political parties and some governments to charge the average Canadian, the compliant average Canadian, significantly more money to conduct their daily business of life. They know you need your car or your vehicle, to get from point A to point B. You need to be able to move around in this country, and public transit isn't available everywhere to everyone. So what do they do? They just incrementally increase the taxes. Whatever the label is, this time it's carbon taxes, that's going to be increased. And immediately when Ford says he's going to get rid of cap-and-trade, get rid of the carbon tax... The federal government and the federal minister of the environment, Catherine McKenna, who hired a professional photographer in France to follow her around during the Paris meetings so that we could see how hard she was working. I think that cost us $10,000, didn't it, for that photographer to follow Ms. McKenna around? Immediately, McKenna says, well, we will just apply a federal tax to take back what Doug Ford will have given to people. It's going to happen in Saskatchewan because the Saskatchewan government has already said, as you know, they're not playing ball with the federal government on a carbon tax. They won't do it. And Jason Kenney says if he's elected in Alberta, he will follow Saskatchewan and Ontario. So there would be three provinces out of 10 that would be taking the federal government to court. And that, as I said earlier, is a tough hurdle to pass for this government. You have to stand up for yourself. And it makes no sense that Americans can be spending that little in comparison in taxes for their gasoline compared to us. We're just saps. And don't buy any of the argument that says if you don't agree with the carbon tax, then you, uh, then you must not care about the environment. 
That's just taking advantage of you. Turn around and tell them, ask them what they're doing about the 700,000 barrels of oil that are being brought into eastern Canada every day from other parts of the world because we don't have pipelines to bring our own oil, our own bitumen to the uh, to the refineries in, in Canada. Carol is in Cochrane, Alberta. Carol, thank you for the call. Let's hear your thoughts, please. Okay, um, I totally support the, the provinces going to court. This is a wholly illogical um, tax. I don't understand how we swallowed this nonsense because there's no alternative. Uh, okay, it's a sin tax, and anytime they have applied a sin tax, i.e. against smoking, alcohol, you had an alternative. Stop drinking, stop smoking, you don't pay the tax. But what can we do? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're held captive. You can, as you said before, as you mentioned before, you have to drive to get your kids to school, to get your food, to pick up foods transported across the, ca- the country by vehicle. I mean, we can't, there's no alternative. The only way you heat your house, to light the, your house, it's, we're, we're, we're a captive audience. They're just reaching into our pockets and stealing our money. You know, it's still a sin tax because they've turned it into a situation where if you object, then you're sinning against the environment. They will not accept. But, they will not accept, or at least their their advertising, their marketing plan does not allow for anyone to be accepted as caring of the environment if you don't care for extra taxes. But how is this? They're not. They're not telling. They're us taking what they're, adva- doing they're, with they're, it. they're not telling yeah. the truth. They're taking advantage no. of, of us. If they cannot tell you, if they cannot tell all of us what the cost will be to a Canadian family, when the carbon tax reaches $50 per ton of uh, emitted carbon, and when they can't tell you what that is, that means they don't know. They have no idea what it's going to be, or if they have an idea, it is so significantly large that they're terrified to share it with us. I think the, I think the conservatives did exactly the right thing by dragging them through the night the, uh, a couple of days ago, but we still don't know what the, what the, what the answer is, and we, we have every right to demand that answer. We should demand but that o- answer. Over and above that, Roy, they're not telling us how that carbon tax is going to help the environment. They're not saying what they're doing to help the environment. No. They're not telling That's us, right. oh, we've got this program to study alternative sources of energy. We've got this program to, to be able to uh, create alternatives for you to, to use so that you can heat your house, drive well, your car. Well, maybe it's more money for the United Nations. <laughs> oh, seriously. Seriously, maybe it's more money to, because they'll argue that what we're doing is we're transferring the money. This is the bigger picture in the UN. We're transferring the money to the United Nations so the UN can provide more funding to third world countries that are just starting to build up their, um, their, their, their carbon industries, and we're now going to provide them with an opportunity to mitigate against that carbon by using Carol's and Roy's money. Exactly. And, uh, but over and above, that, I, I want to see, where's that dollar going? Where is it going? You will what never know. Doing? You will never I, know. It's, I, in, my, in my estimation, it's going to beef up the government's uh, coffers. They're, going, they're, they're getting fat... Um, uh, uh, situations for politicians. They're going. Um, it's it's just beefing up the whole. Uh, what is the mood? If I were to if I were to ask a group of your friends in Alberta, a group of your friends, Carol, what their feeling is about the upcoming election, which is going to be between January and May of next year in Alberta, 
What is the feel? What would the feeling be if I asked them, do you want Jason Kenney to win? And just on this one particular issue, if we didn't talk about anything else that's going on in the province, but if it was just on this one issue, Jason Kenney says if he becomes the the conservative, the uh, premier of, of Alberta, then he will join Saskatchewan and Ontario in a court challenge. Do you think the majority of your friends would say that would be enough for them to at least consider voting for Jason Kenney and maybe enough to absolutely confirm that they'll vote for him? It's odd. It's odd, Roy, because it's it's 50 percent. Half of my friends would say yes and half would say no. So many of my friends um, it's uh, have sort of uh, just as you said before, said, "Oh well, you mustn't care about about the environment if you don't if you're against the carbon tax." The odd thing is, I'm an uh, <laughs> I'm an earth scientist. I've got a master's degree in geology. I've been working in geology for thirty years. <laughs> so, and my friends are saying to me, "You don't care about the earth." <laughs> yeah, well, all that means all that means is that they've bought in. Totally. To this, this, they, they drank the Kool-Aid, Roy. They've drank, they drank the Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. They've, been, they've been told over and over and over that the planet is ready to essentially explode and that the, the, the great danger is first it was global warming, then it became anthropogenic global warming, then it became climate change, and it, it'll, it'll con- constantly have new names. And you new must adjustment. be old enough to remember the ozone layer scare. Oh, I do remember the ozone the layer scare. Yeah, it repaired itself, and, didn't it? it yeah, no, I was, I was going to say nobody's mentioning that because it's gone. Because it's, it's gone. It's moved on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I could take gone. you back to the 1970s when Time magazine ran a cover story that there was a new ice age coming. Yes. So, I mean, it just cha- it just changes. I, I really think a lot of this changes for convenience sake. But the ultimate objective is to get money to third world countries and it's transferal of, of, of wealth. It's transferring wealth from countries, from first world countries to third world countries. And this is the way they plan to, to do it. And there's, there's no question about that. One of the first things Mr. Trudeau did was go to the United Nations after he was elected, delivered some $2 billion, or at least the promise of, I think it's $2.6 billion, and stand up and boast Canada is back. You remember uh, that? Yes, yes. I shudder. Mr. Trudeau makes me shudder. I've never been, you know, I always was a very proud Canadian, and now I'm hugely embarrassed to be Canadian. Now, you shouldn't be hugely embarrassed to be Canadian. You might get angry over what, the, what, he, what he's doing uh, to Canada, how often he's, he's lied and he's compromised uh, ethics. And he's been, as you know, uh, he's the only prime minister who, is, who was charged four times with uh, or con- convicted by the ethics commissioner of violating parliamentary ethics four times. Carol, thank you for the call in Cochrane, Alberta. 800-263-2428. Is the number one eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight? If if gasoline, I went and filled up my car yesterday. Actually, I stopped a little short of filling filling it up because I, I won't fill it up anymore because I don't want to spend that much money on gas. It's not that I can't afford to, but I don't want to because, and I think it's absolutely unfair. You know, I live by myself. It's me and my little hairy buddies, Rocky and Sonny, uh, just the three of us. So we don't have a, a huge expense. We don't have a, a family to feed, and we don't have clothes to buy for multiples of people, and we don't have all the expenses that a, that a, that a nuclear family has. 
So I can afford to fill up my car. But I don't want to because it's just too much money. Now, for the, for the, for the, for the people who have a large family, 10 cents, 12 cents a liter is a very significant amount. It's not just the one fill-up. You probably have two vehicles because you need two vehicles. And so now you constantly have these two vehicles in motion, which means they have to be filled up fairly regularly, or you have to pump money into the gas tank fairly regularly. And you're being told that you're saving the planet, that you're saving the environment, because you're accepting a carbon tax. If you believe that, would somebody please convince me of why that's so? And if you don't believe it, if you don't believe it, do you stand with the provinces who are taking the federal, well, there's two now, taking the federal government to court, Saskatchewan and, and Ontario will, Ontario will be sending the attorney, new attorney general on 29th of this month, according to uh, Premier-elect Doug Ford. So Saskatchewan and Ontario and then Alberta. Who, who do you side with? Justin Trudeau and Catherine McKenna or Scott Moe and Doug Ford? Oh, by the way, you know, this was coming. We knew it was going to happen. The day after Doug Ford is sworn in as Premier of Ontario, there's already a protest planned. So I, I tweeted on that last night. I just tweeted, do they all have the day off? 800-263-2428 is my number. Give me a call. Share your thoughts on this issue of a carbon tax. Yes or no? We'll come right back. He may be opinionated, but he never jumps to conclusions. This is The Roy Green Show. Later on in the show today, I'll be uh, playing back for you what Brad Batten, an Australian member of parliament, told us about uh, why Australia dumped its carbon tax that had been in place for two years. Just looking at some information from the Australian government in 2014, one of the reasons repealing the carbon tax in the clean energy package is designed to, quote, boost Australia's economic growth, increase jobs, and enhance Australia's international competitiveness by removing an unnecessary tax which hurts businesses and families. That was the Australian government in 2014. I tweeted, Doug Ford's pledge to scrap Ontario's participation in the ONQC California cap-and-trade scheme as at Kath McKenna pledging Trudeau government will impose carbon tax and take back every cent Ontario motorists are scheduled to save on gasoline costs. There's been quite some reply uh, at Jim Sardi, another battle in the lead-up to the battle of political life or death in October 2019. Go ahead, at Kath McKenna, poke the big bad carbon bear. From at Private Citizen, the Liberals have 14 months left. Bring it on. After 2019, there may not be an LPC party left. And uh, at Engrave Shop, the final nail in the Liberal coffin, say goodbye next year. There's a lot of emotion here. And you know why? Because people are fed up. People are fed up 
by being used and lied to. Bob is in Somerset, Manitoba. Thank you for the call, Bob. Oh, nice nice to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Go ahead, please. Uh, what I'm wondering about is, uh, like, what the damage that they plan on uh, correcting with this tax to the environment has got to be such a minute amount. I don't know what they're planning, you know, what they think it's going to happen. Is it going to add in a couple of seconds maybe to each year or if even that much? When you figure all the pollutants that are going into the air from the uh, present day, even volcanoes, I mean, in one second, those volcanoes are probably blowing up enough in, uh, pollutants uh, maybe even more than all of Canada. No, I, I was thinking that same thing. I spoke with Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, who was on this show several times over the last couple of years. Uh-huh. He runs the Consensus Center in Denmark, in Copenhagen, and he's, a, he's an international scientist and economist, and he told us immediately after the Paris Conference on Climate that if all of the things that are, are done, that the conference said needed to be done, and some $100 trillion was going to be spent over a period of years... Uh, and it was not a huge amount of the global GDP, but he said it, he will, it will account for virtually nothing. He said, if you really want to help people, get medicines and provide medicines to third world country kids. Right on, that's yeah, how you that's, help. That's how you help the planet. And that is the plan. Why don't they call it that? Why, don't, why are they calling it a carbon? I, I think it, it's because it'll go into general revenue, which will go to an increase in wages for all our political people. You're saying that you don't believe them, Bob, and that's really the way so many of us feel. William is in Winnipeg. Hi, William. William, go ahead, sir. William once, William twice, and off to Kelly in Calgary. How are you, Kelly? Hi, Roy. I just want to say I'm a huge fan of your show, and I enjoy you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm calling from Calgary, and the reason I'm calling, um, I listen to you every weekend, and today I felt compelled to call because Rachel Notley told us this carbon tax was going to get a so-called social license for a pipeline. Look where that got us. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I'm one of those fed-up people. I'm sick of it. And, and I hope it's repealed. It's, it's, it's nothing but a tax grab it is a tax. Them. It is a tax grab, and it's one that you're being programmed to morally not be able to defend yourself against. If you defend yourself against this tax grab, you're going to be deemed to be an anti-environmentalist, and they will be shunning you. But oh. stand, stand up for what you believe in, Kelly. Absolutely, Roy. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you, Roy. Have Bye. a great weekend. Bye-bye. Kelly in Calgary. We'll come back in a minute.